Danny and thanks for tuning in to The Grown Up Hustle. This podcast is based on real people sharing all their different journeys as they navigate this crazy ride called adulting. From coffee o'clock to wine o'clock and all that happens in between, we're here to openly discuss how we're all just really hustling our way through life. So if you're ready for the highs, the lows and a whole lot of real talk, then stay tuned because we've got you covered. Well, I guess it's February the 14th, so that officially means that it is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everyone that has tuned in to today's bonus Valentine's Day episode. I've run a couple of different shows this weekend because I think that Valentine's Day means lots of different things to lots of different people. So obviously yesterday's show was about having a a bit of a giggle with dating blogger Abby. But today is a little bit of a different kind of show. Today I wanted to share all the different types of love stories that there are, not just romantic love, and how love can be so, so good for you and also so, so bad for you. I couldn't think of a better way to actually be able to get this message across. And back last year, I began following an artist called Philippa Found. I fell absolutely madly in love with her work. And at the start of lockdown, Philippa created a participatory art project called Lockdown Love Stories. And this project allowed people to anonymously submit their real life experiences of love in lockdown. To date, she's had over 750 stories um, that have been published on the lockdownlovestories.com website. And this project is featured in Grazia, Stylist, Metro. She's been on ITV's Lorraine. And it was also put up in tube stations all across the London underground. Philippa and I are going to be chatting about her Lockdown Love Stories project today and also sharing some of the stories that have been sent in over the course of this project just to kind of I guess bring a little bit of comfort and a better understanding that there's no right or wrong way to love and love definitely is not easy all of the time. So on that note let's bring Philippa onto the show. I am majorly fangirling having you on here. You've kind of been like my lockdown love story after coming across your participatory art project back last year. Absolutely love it. Every time a lockdown love story pops up on my newsfeed, I tell people about it. I think it's just the best project. So can you tell, um, can you tell us a bit about lockdown love stories and what it is for any listeners who aren't following you? Yeah, sure. So um, to give some context to this, I'm an artist and a writer. Um, So my sort of background is that all my work across those forms um, is about contemporary relationships, um, generally using kind of storytelling, although traditionally I use my own stories like like autobiography um, to sort of investigate female desire and kind of power dynamics and contemporary relationships um, and also shame like I've been really interested in the idea of um, the kind of mad girl the hysterical woman and um, I think we have this sort of culture that likes to um, push this idea that we should be really over it you know like anything negative that happens in our past like with exes or whatever like move on I'm better than you yeah I'm super empowered And um, while I'm totally down for that, like, I think it can have this kind of negative flip side of making you feel really shamed and like ashamed if you still have feelings. Like I've always felt like the really uncool girl if I like still care about people. And um, so that's sort of the, that's the background of like where I'm coming from on this. Um, And then when lockdown happened, um, I thought about obviously how isolating lockdown would potentially be and I immediately thought obviously the impact on relationships because that's what I'm obsessed with that's what my work's about um and I like on the first day I I said to my husband there's going to be a divorce spike and a baby boom probably a bit of both by the end (laughs) (laughs) it's been a long time let's say um and then I started to think about um you know, single people who wanted to date or hoping to meet someone in 2020 
or you know if you just started dating and seeing someone and you thought it was going really well and suddenly you can't see someone I thought oh my god this is gonna be a shit show for everyone and I was just so interested to capture what was happening and I realized you know for the first time this project is going to be better told not through my story and diarizing it because I can only give the perspective of a married person you know living with her husband and a kid um what's gonna be so much more interesting is to open this up to everyone who's experiencing shifts in their love life and relationships and be like what it what is happening um and I just wanted to basically tell the story of what was going on document this time um and create some sort of safe space where people could share their stories um like a sort of Catholic confession but um for the Covid gen but you know sexier and um, hopefully see because I went basically I wanted to to I thought this is going to be a really emotionally challenging time for a lot of people and when we are sort of emotionally challenged you've got the feeling that you're going through and then you've got the sub like the underlying shame of that negative feeling so you know if you feel lonely you don't just feel lonely you feel ashamed of how that reflects on you like oh I, I'm not I don't have loads of friends or something you're not cool. you know yeah exactly which is not true but we just hold these we hold ourselves to account and like judge ourselves quite harshly and I thought there's going to be a lot of loss longing and heartache in lockdown and I wanted to create this safe space where people could share their stories um, say what they were going through but more importantly have access to read other people's stories to see that whatever they were going through hopefully um you know the other people reading it weren't alone in that to know that oh it's not just me who's feeling this way and you know therefore see that um they needn't feel ashamed about it like this isn't something unique to you this is this crazy time we're going through so I thought how you know how am I going to do this um and I thought the best kind of um platform for this was a website so I just built this website um and you know it's very basic you just land on a page and it said um how's you know lockdown affecting your love life um you know good bad or messy share your stories um and you could anonymously submit your story um and I did I deliberately did it so it was anonymous because I wanted to remove as many barriers to um sharing your story as possible um I you know I was expecting that there would be um you know some either controversial stories or you know I I basically went into this thinking everyone's gonna be like heartbroken and it's gonna be loads we were of hoping like... for controversial stories <laughs> the real like you read some of them and you're like oh wow like no. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want anyone to like have to you know leave their name or feel like oh I can't you know I can't say this um because people are gonna know it's me or whatever um so I made it anonymous and then every time I got a story I would put it up on the website and um it just went from there and I so I launched this in the first deep lockdown in uh, right at the beginning of May um and since then I've received more than 750 stories on the site brilliant um and I then set up the Instagram page and I sort of bring them in one one a day on there um so it's sort of slightly behind I think there's like 300 posts there but the um the main project is at lockdownlovestories.com where you can read all the stories that was a very long explanation of what it no, is. No, it was it's a perfect explanation <laughs> because for a lot of people, even for me, I mean, I kind of, from reading, reading other interviews, like when you've done with newspapers, with Grazia, so on and so forth, and listening to, to some of your interviews too, that mm-hmm. you've done, you know, you, you learn a bit of a background, but for, for some of my listeners, and they're all over the world, they, they may not know anything about you and never heard of you. So it's good. You've given them like a full overhaul of, you know, of what, what Lockdown That's Love Stories is all about. That's great because um, you said like all over the world because this started the way um, I gathered submissions because you know it's great to create something and put it out onto the internet but there's so much on the internet I was like how's this going to be found by anyone you know um, and so when I launched it I thought literally how am I going to get this project in front of people because I don't want to just tell m- the stories of my friends and my stories you know like people in their mid-30s you know represent one type of voice that's that's not the point I want to kind of try and tell as wide a range of stories and voices as possible um, and I thought there are only two places you could be you know this was back in proper lockdown when nothing was open and we were allowed our one daily you know walk a day and we were completely in fear you know like you'd, you'd go to the park and 
you'd hold your breath if you passed someone on the path and you'd remember that and you'd see like no one um, and I, I thought how am I to reach people so the two places people can be they're either at their home or at the park so I thought well I'll go to the park so I just took um my daughter she's three at the time um and kids were all like chalking in the street we were having this like really retro resurgence of like how kids play and then I took her chalks to the park and I just chalked all over the um, paths of the park lockdownlovestories.com and people started to look and the idea of chalking was that um you know it, it was this time where you will were literally not seeing other people other than you know whoever you may be living with and I wanted to create some sort of trace to show people that there was someone else out there and that there was this space that everyone was welcome in just like come and find it so that was the idea of leaving the the web address this kind of cryptic like oh what is this like curiosity basically yeah, exactly. yeah. and so it started with this chick the stick of chalk in london but it has through instagram things spread all over the world so i get submissions now from as far as like melbourne which is amazing i saw that the other day and for me obviously australia i'm i'm british australian australia is my second home i'm an australian citizen and i love that and actually I can see obviously where everyone listens all over the world. The majority of my listeners are either in Britain or Australia, um, but I've also got America, I've got Belgium, I've got heaps of listeners in Belgium. It's, I don't know how anyone found me in Belgium, but it's amazing, you know, how through sort of the power of the internet and the power of people sharing, you kind of generate all this extra interest from all around the globe. And you think it's incredible how you can reach these people, you know, it's, it's good. I like it. So reading some of your articles and, and sort of seeing about the background of this and, and obviously looking at what's been going on, lockdown has seemingly forced millennials and generation Z into commitment. But when I look back to earlier generations, then I think that maybe that level of willingness to commit actually comes from removal of options. And yeah. that's that's a really big thing. We live in a world where we, like you said, we're all swipe happy and it's easy come, easy go, not making any real investments in sort of people, time, um, having a lot, a lot of options out there, not just actually with, uh, you know, dating and sex, but also just in general in life. But what I'm curious about is whether, in your opinion, these connections, do you think, might actually burn out in time once the world reopens? Oh, God. Um, I hope not, because I'm such a hopeless romantic. You are. <laughs> <laughs> What's been interesting, obviously, is because the lockdown and the site has now been open months, people have been able to um, send in updates to their stories. And so you can actually find out what has happened, like if anything has changed. Um, you know, I think like with all relationships, it's gonna be a mix. I think some people genuinely found their soulmates and um, this new old fashioned way of dating um, really worked out for them. And um, I hope, you know, I hope it lasts into the real world. Um, I think another theme I noticed was that, um, some of those relationships that were super intense during lockdown one, when I guess the option of going out and meeting other people, you know, was removed. Um, there's this, you know, flurry of communication, this back and forth, you know, thousands of WhatsApp messages a day, video calls, blah, blah, blah. And people felt like they really got to know people, you know, the, the kind of timeline of dating was protracted. Um, and and because of that, it wasn't just a, you know, a swipe, meet, hook up, move on. Um, you know, people like invested in these relationships and, and built these bonds. I think the, um, the one of the things, however, that I have noticed is when restrictions were lifted and people were able to meet up or there was this slight return to normality, some of those people weren't quite as single as they'd made out. And that's the sort of theme that's come up that actually it was that their girlfriend lives in another county. And so this person who seemed really single actually just wasn't able to see his girlfriend and turns out he's got a girlfriend. So that's a bit shit. Um, but other people, you know, have moved in together and decide to make it permanent and like are now, you know, looking to buy a place. I've got so many stories about that. Um, so 
I guess, I mean, only time will tell, but I think like in all of these things, it's totally down to individuals. I think lockdown created this, um, this sort of microcosm where um, everything was accelerated, you know, hence this phrase turbo relationships and just the sort of stars aligned in this weird negative, but, you know, potentially positive way to throw people into serious um, relationships or, you know, decide to make these commitments. Um, and we'll see, some of them will write, some of them won't have been. On the downside, though, lockdown also, and reading a lot of your posts that come in lockdown, yes, it helped partners connect or reconnect, I should say, it helped new relationships sort of like, you know, move very fast and, and so on and so forth. But on the downside, or maybe the plus side, because it's probably beneficial if they're not meant to be together, it also accelerated the, the breakdown of relationships. That was, and that's yeah. come through in, in, in several of, of your story or several of the stories that have been shared on your, um, on your site as well. Absolutely. But mainly I've found that those breakup stories have been sort of overwhelmingly positive in a way. It's almost like- um, You were forced to make the decision. It was a catalyst for something that was already underlying and it just lockdown sort of removed the busyness and all the distractions of our lives and meant that we couldn't sort of use the busyness and noise to kind of block out other problems and just like, oh, just focus on going out with my friends and, you know, whatever. It was like literally when everything else was removed, um, focus was thrown onto our relationships. You know, it was basically all that was left. and. Um, we were suddenly confronted with the inescapable reality of our relationships. And um, if people, you know, hadn't had time to sort of listen to their guts before, I think lockdown was a real time for like, oh, okay, I can, I can actually hear my instincts talking to me now and I don't want to be in this anymore or I deserve better or this does not fill me with joy this idea of being locked down or oh, what does that mean you know maybe I need to do something about it so it seemed like a sort of positive thing um on the whole that is obviously there are heartbreaking stories as well where people were just sort of blindsided by the partner um taking a decision to break up um but a lot have sort of come from this place of um realizing what they want and um, deciding they deserve better or you know something else um, and that I think should be really celebrated I think that's a good thing that came out of lockdown. One thing that I've really enjoyed with your posts as well is the fact that you've not they're not edited they are raw they're real like you said if, if English isn't someone's first language doesn't matter you let them tell their story as they want to tell it and as it comes across. And I, I think that that it helps you connect more to the person who's actually sharing the story, which I think was a really nice edge. It's very, very little out there these days that isn't edited, whether it be writing or pictures. But I think that you've, through this project, you've really sort of, I think, opened up a, a really nice, anonymous, safe space to give people that cathartic release you know that they might desperately want to tell their story and and your platform's there to say hey look you know a problem shared is a problem halved what um thank you yeah I hoped so that's what I wanted I think um on the whole whole not editing front um firstly I didn't want it was that thing about making it as accessible as possible so I didn't want people to think that they had to you know creative writing masters to be able to submit to this um you know this isn't about publishing the best literary voices you know luckily we have some brilliantly well-written stories and it's great um but this is about just you know the emotional reality of what's happening and like whoever you are and however well or not you can write your story is valid and I wanted people to know that and um, feel that they could share. Another thing is like with editing, it's sort of a form of shaming, isn't it? In a way. <laughs> nope, that wasn't really well enough. I'm going to say this. And also I think, you know, if you don't, when you're working with someone and editing them, that's one thing because you're in dialogue, you're in a conversation. But um, the majority of these submissions are anonymous you know there's no way of me contacting the person and I wouldn't want to take their words and actually be like oh no I've got a better way of saying it because I might miss the nuance you know and it might be really important to them that it's that word that's used or that they literally say the same thing four times you know and I felt like if I start to edit I might um, 
you know, someone might literally read their story back and be like, I don't say that. Like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that would be awful. Um, but also I wanted to keep the, um, you know, unique feel of all these different voices. Um, so it did sort of keep, maintain that idea of this is a collection of voices and they're all, di you know, diverse and, um, and to keep that running through the, all the individual posts. With Valentine's Day, obviously, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of very happy, loved up people out there. But there's also going to be a lot of quite lonely people out there for the people that do choose to to celebrate Valentine's Day and they put any emphasis on this on this um, Hallmark holiday. Then you know, I think it's quite it's quite it could be quite a tough one. And for a lot of people, they've been through so many annual milestones this year. You know, Christmas, maybe birthdays, New Year's on their own and I think that by drawing attention to lockdown love stories and actually people just if you if you are listening guys and you are sat there and you are on your own just just go on to Philippa's lockdown love stories it'll be tagged obviously and everything and read through the stories because you realize then that you're not on your own there's a million people out there that are struggling in just the same way or feeling just the same way as you are yeah. And um, I think Christmas was a real point for that as well. There was that kind of polarity between people who a year ago were on their own, wanting to be in a relationship, but, you know, were single. And then, whoa, lockdown's completely changed. Now here I am sat, you know, locked in with my new lover who I'm in quarantine with. This is this is crazy. Like, how different is my life? And then there on the flip side, you know, people like, ah, oh, the holidays always remind me of you and I'm not with you, you know, and it's I it will be the same with Valentine's Day I mean we can try and ignore it but, but the um you know popular culture will ram it down our throat um <laughs> yeah so as much as you want to you know it's there um and the other thing that I think is really great about lockdown love stories is that whilst you know lockdown is sort of the um kind of structuring principle around the stories these the emotions that underpin all the stories are so universal that it doesn't even matter what your specific situation is right now as you're reading these stories. We have all experienced heartbreak. We have all missed someone. We have all wondered about someone. We have all been in that first kind of honeymoon period. You can literally read these stories and you totally relate. Um, and that's what I think is brilliant about storytelling because it taps into something that is universal and creates empathy and creates connection. And that's what I wanted to do at this time of social distance. Um, I think that people are going to have to make a lot more effort and think outside the box this Valentine's Day. And I think people have had to do that throughout the whole year with dating. I spoke to various people who said, oh, you know, and, and, and we did this. And it was like you said, very old fashioned and traditional, but it's thinking outside the box. It was going back to simpler times. And that's going to have to, for the people who are in relationships this Valentine's Day, they are going to have to make a bigger effort. Me dating, I was so impressed with the inventiveness of people who just started, who, you know, connected online during lockdown and then started dating at social distance. I was like, wow, I've got really lazy. You know, don't do any of that stuff you know, they would be like recreating Glastonbury in their front room and like dancing along together on video call or um, projecting images from like Google Maps of like New York and pretending they were like walking, going, traveling the world together from like their, their loft or whatever. And I was like, this is amazing. But um, it is that sort of effort you put in at the beginning of the relationship that then got compounded by lockdown and you actually can't meet people. Um, and finding these new ways to make dating fun again. Did you see the, um, the photographer, I think his name is Jeremy Cohen. He's in New York and he met a girl. If you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll tag you on Instagram. But um, he was doing photographs, drone videos, so on and so forth. And he met a girl who was dancing on her rooftop on another building across the way. And then they ended up having this like romance. They were both having dinner, him on like his rooftop, her on her rooftop. And, and then he like turned up outside her house in a big ball, you know, like those big plastic balls that you can, it was, yeah. it's just brilliant. And he's made a whole art project out of that. And that I, I will tag you because I think you'll, you'll yeah. enjoy that one, but it was really, really 
just amazing very inventive very outside the box and he literally had everyone's attention going like what's gonna happen next with their love story another thing another sort of characteristic I've noticed of this whole dating and the chronology of lockdown is um when these restrictions um eased in summer um but that you know there was this period of time where um still restaurants and bars weren't open dating suddenly became very teenage you know there was basically nowhere to go um you couldn't really be in each other's houses you had to be outside um it was back to parks and picnics and stuff and it was like the sneaking around and you know basically being in public space if you wanted to show any sort of form of affection or whatever people like looking around for bushes and it just did feel super kind of youthful and I think that sort of gave it a sort of glitter of excitement as well because it was like everyone was thrown back into this period of their life where everything was new and exciting and um the you know possibility of everything in front of you and optimism and hope and I feel like it sort of injected those summer um meetups with that sort of glossy filter of youth and excitement but like there was this collective excitement around um June when it was like the restrictions were lifted and suddenly everyone could meet and you just got this flurry of excited happy you know stories um and that was great and then yeah back in lockdown have you noticed a change in the tone of stories then going from when you first sort of launched the project to now nearly a year later yeah, definitely. And um, I think obviously within all those time periods and markers, um, there's a range within because obviously I feel like your relationship status in lockdown means your experience is sort of as polarizing as say your financial situation or your job situation. You know, some people are working for the NHS and like never been, you know, busier or in a more dangerous position. Other people are furloughed, you know, those things make your experience of lockdown completely different and relationships is another one but within like those sort of categories of single dating in a relationship you know lockdown one uh summer lockdown two you can see this kind of shift um just to give a sort of like uh loose generalized brush through this um when we were first in lockdown and we just did not know when it was going to end you know lockdown one I feel was like this really different time because we had not come out of it in any way we had no indication of when we could would come out of it and there was so much fear and unknown around it and um, what I noticed was that for single people you know living on their own completely isolated at that time um basically everyone sort of went wild and was like thinking about sex the whole time it's like their bodies like minds went into overdrive it was People it was always like can't have that's why in our <laughs> yeah in our restriction we realized what we were which is basically you know primal animals with instincts and we suddenly couldn't exercise these and it was like people felt like caged animals and they felt like they're going you know wild having these um explicit sexual dreams about anyone and everyone like colleagues they don't fancy um but then as lockdown progressed there seemed to be this sense of sort of peace that came over people it's like this calm acceptance um and you know especially people who were single realized their um their strength basically you know they'd been through this and actually they're okay you know what like what resilience they'd had um and again like with people who had just started dating when lockdown was announced there was this sort of feeling of well great you know like I literally just caught a break and now lockdown's completely fucked me over you know there was this collective like frustration basically um and then you you know as it went on you get the stories of people actually connecting um online or or you know even meeting people in parks and stuff it wasn't just online that people meeting um and ditto in relation in people who were in long-term relationships what I noticed was um that actually I think the first lockdown was overwhelmingly from the stories I received see um positive in that 
people had this newfound appreciation for their partner. Um, there was time to actually reconnect and realize what they liked about each other. And I think with um, our normal, you know, super fast paced lives, you know, the stress, 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 you know, busy, busy, busy. A lot of people in long-term relationships living together almost became like ships in the night. And then when all of that was taken away and it was like they were reconnecting and they're not just, you know, reconnecting in the evenings a lot of people well mostly everyone at the beginning was working from home so you're actually having all three meals together and it was this completely different way of having a relationship and um, a lot of people loved that um so that was really positive and I hadn't really expected that I don't know what that says about me <laughs> hopeless romantic with a hint of pessimism <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then coming through now to lockdown two and now the third hard lockdown, what, what sort of tone are you noticing for the theme of the second lockdown and then the third lockdown with the stories that people are sharing? But even following your your sort of Instagram page or your Instagram account, you do see you do see a different tone sort of to the messages from from the get go all the way through and obviously more so then on, on the website. The thing that I noticed um, that struck me, unfortunately, was the sort of ghosting stories that started to come out when it was like, you know, later in summer and going into lockdown too. It was the sort of like, oh, I thought I found someone and poof, they've disappeared. Uh, you know, what happened there? Or it turns out he's married, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but on the flip side, there's also been loads of stories, I think, of um, people deciding to focus on themselves and um, a sort of sense of empowerment and actually like, I'm gonna put the energy that I was putting into all these relationships into myself instead. Um, and I think that has sort of come through a lot. One of my favorite posts actually, and I really was like, Okay, like it gave me feels when I read this and it was so like empowering. It was called Gifted and you shared it on the 22nd and I'll read it out for the listeners. It says, I'm a single mum. Last Christmas was my first Christmas alone and I had no presents to open. So this year I've bought and wrapped my own presents. Don't feel sorry for me. I've given myself some really nice gifts, much better than any of the presents the ex would have bought me. This year is all about self-love. And that is one of my favorites. It was so, it really like hit deep for, I guess, as a woman, because like you said, it is relatable. We have all been there. And I just thought, yeah, you're looking after you. And that's the realization that lockdown had, had brought about for her, yeah. which I thought was really lovely. I think one of the um, positives to have come out of this time is that um, when all of that, those busy distractions were taken away, um, in that collective pause, a lot of people did sort of look inwards and there was a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-analysis. Um, a lot of people threw themselves into kind of reading or actual therapy um, and decided I'm going to use this time to focus on me and to sort of break toxic patterns of behavior and to break toxic relationships. Um, and I think that was brilliant. I think one of the things um, also to have come out of lockdown is that um, those sort of toxic on-off situationships sort of lost their sense of fun when what it actually meant in reality in lockdown was you were left alone and um, they really weren't showing up for you and I think it was magnified in lockdown um, and I think it was um, that sort of magnification that made people think fuck this, this really isn't working for me and I can do better. I heard a story about uh, a marriage. Um, they'd been married a while, uh, had kids. Their marriage broke down during lockdown because of cleanliness. So he, the husband wasn't being as mindful about like bringing germs into the house, taking precautions. And the wife was getting quite frustrated saying, you know, because this was at the start of, of everything when we literally, like you said, thought if we stepped outside, we were all going to catch COVID. And I think we were, there was a lot more fear uh, of the unknown around it, you know, in that first lockdown. And, and she sort of, I think she just got to the stage where she thought, okay, this isn't going to work as a marriage and raising children, because actually we're very different in how we, you know, we attack our lives. Um that it's basically, it's showing a fundamental 
um, difference in respect, isn't it? And like prioritizing the other person and um, yeah, I guess um, entitlement versus consideration for others. Um, and that's a massive issue. I wanted to share um, one of my other favorites actually that came up. On I love seeing people's favorites. I really love it. Um, it's called Women. And it says, I'm a married woman. I've been married 20 years. I have children. During lockdown, I fell in love with a woman. I've had to face some hard truths about accepting the woman I've hidden all of my life. And it's been the scariest, most painful thing I've ever done in my entire life. My journey is not over. I have a long way to go. I don't know what the ending of my story will look like yet. Yeah, I love that one. I love it. That really hit. Another one that really hit quite, quite deep with me was called Love Addict. And you shared that on the 13th of the 9th, 20. Uh, it says, I met a guy a month before lockdown and fell head over heels in love. We decided to get an Airbnb to isolate together versus having to be apart. A few days into living together, I found out he was a heroin addict. I don't know why I didn't walk away at that point, but something kept me there. My life became chaos and our relationship was a mess, but I honestly believe that the pain of sticking around and trying to help him would be less than the pain of going through heartbreak during the pandemic. It took him going to rehab, relapsing straight away on his release and him moving into a homeless shelter for me to realize how bad things were. And now I'm on the other side. I can't believe what he put me through, what I put myself through, but he's gone now and I'm healing every day. Yeah, I mean, that one is that's the sort of story you do not hear every day right I mean um what you know when I was hoping for like diverse stories that is really one that makes you take pause and also you know it's one of those things where it's really like wow you don't know someone until you live with them isn't it like what discovery that was and so, you know, there's so much in there, isn't it? Like the the emotional journey that person has gone on, you know, the the sort of giving and the 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 hoping that you can the want to help someone, and then the sort of fear of breaking up, and then it getting so bad that sort of what you had as the worst option is a better option, and then coming through the other side and healing. I mean, yeah, there's so much in that one. I feel like there's a book in that one. Not that we know who wrote it, but if you are listening by any chance. The early ones really stick with me because obviously that was when I was getting maybe, you know, one a day or something. Um, I mean, to be honest, like all of them, I every time I get the story, I literally, I sit there with them and it's such a privilege to have people share these stories with you. And it's not like, it's just like, oh, quick, click through. Okay, yep, on the website. You know, I really... Um, I'm sometimes in tears, you know, when I read these stories and they, they really sit in it. Someone said to me during this project, you know, what are you, what are you doing to look after you? Cause this is like a lot of emotional labor and I hadn't really thought about it, but um, yeah, it's, you're, you're taking on a lot of emotions. I really, um, you know, respecting the stories is so important for me. So really the only input that I have having kind of created this, um, platform and working my ass off to try and get people to to know about it is then that I type I title these stories a lot of them you know someone sends in a title with it and fine but you know most people these are just confessions and then I have to think of a title and that's um it feels like quite a responsibility because you're sort of summing up someone's story and like putting a name on it like almost like a label in a way um and so a lot of the time I just sit with these stories for days before I can put them up because I'm just thinking like how do I sum this up in like a title and stuff and um, you know you don't want to seem glib or whatever you know and you just um, also don't want to give away the whole story and stuff um <laughs> the one thing as a writer I've always been shit at is titles so I love that I managed to give myself that one job <laughs> um, one of the few accounts on Instagram where once you read the post I always find when you put when your stories pop up on on my feed you actually sit you do just sit there for a moment it's not just double tap scroll double tap scroll you read it and whether it makes you smile or it you know drags up some emotions you kind of do seem to like sit in your feelings once you've you've read one of these posts there was one that just absolutely floored me um right at the beginning I think it was around the beginning of June um called at the beginning of lockdown I had a miscarriage and that if you haven't read that oh Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. 
because you know we seem to we think of love as romantic love but the whole point is I wanted to um, see what was happening across the board with love you know and that's like platonic love friendships um, families um, people send in stories of their pets you know um, and it, you know it has affected all forms of love and especially like motherhood um, it's it's already such a an isolating experience you know pregnancy and new motherhood because you are literally as the woman in it in your body like going through it effectively on your own and then to go through that in lockdown especially back in the beginning of lockdown when people couldn't have their partners in scans you know and this this woman had a miscarriage and her partner wasn't there because he couldn't be there and she's the only one here you know hearing that oh it is really heartbreaking yeah your other art project, actually, oh baby, the oh, yeah. endurance performance project, that really, I loved it. It brought home all like the natural capabilities of our body. And, mm. but it also kind of like sat in that art project for like about, it sounds really strange for about three hours. It was just kept thinking about it in my head. And then I was just thinking, oh my God, you just like brought to light how much of ourselves come and go day by day without us even thinking about it and it, it well, for anyone who doesn't know that project I should probably explain shouldn't I say yeah. what I did, but, um it was called oh baby um and I basically sat in a gallery space and captured 12 hours of my exhalations and balloons so it was a thousand pink balloons that I inflated with my breath and each balloon had five exhalations in and every single exhalation had to be captured in a balloon so the idea was I was giving a physical form to um an act that's so natural it's our body it's just using your body to create um, and for me it was a metaphor of motherhood um, this idea of basically giving away of yourself to make something new and also the repetitive menial but physically exhausting tasks of new motherhood just sitting there blowing up balloons and tying them up and it was painful and also it's just endless and that for me is like new motherhood it was like almost anxiety inducing in some ways to look at the pictures that's what it it sort of brought about this realization to me when I was looking at the work and then all of a sudden I kind of I, I got this anxiety that's the only way to describe it from it was it was really powerful like really uh, again hop on to um Philippa's website you can see the pictures of 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 this work but it was it was incredible that's another example of a project where you know I'm I'm just really interested I guess in documenting time mm. you know lo lockdown love stories is documenting this crazy period of um of lockdown um, my other works, I'm, you know, I'm documenting literally 12 hours or whatever, but it's, it's always, whether it's in, um, you know, words or material based, it's a form of storytelling in a way and kind of getting underneath the kind of gloss of something to, to crack open or reveal the reality of that experience, normally female experience, obviously, um, and certainly, you know, baby, that's about motherhood, yeah. I think that's what like draws me most to you and your work as an artist is just that real raw stripped back. This is this is life. That's what your work screams to me and everything you do. This is life. And it's 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 particularly as a woman, obviously, because that's your, your main focus. You know, it really it resonates with me. Deep well, I think literally one of the most radical feminist things we can do in a culture that sort of shame silences our realities by perpetuating these fake glossy ideals of how our lives should be is to actually tell our real stories because it's by telling our real stories that we reveal the truth that's not shameful and you know we actually reveal this is what it's like and in one person being brave enough to speak out then other people might be alleviated of their feelings of guilt or shame. And that's what is such a privilege in lockdown love stories, because these, you know, 750 people who are brave enough to share their stories are doing, I think, such a service for everyone who, who, you know, jumps onto that account or the website and, and reads these stories. And I, you know, I have people reaching out all the time to, to thank me for creating a space. And that's incredible because as an artist, normally, you, you know, you do your thing, but you don't really, um, sort of have the opportunity for that feedback and so for people to feel moved enough that 
either people who have shared their stories who have said, I find I found it really cathartic. It was like letting go of something, which is amazing. Or just people who are saying, I've been through something similar to that story, you know, or I'm going through my own heartbreak or whatever. And it's just um, so reassuring to see that other people are experiencing it too. You know, that's great because I think that that's what the range of stories really does. It's like the positive stories give people hope. It's like if, you know, if someone can find love or happiness or empowerment in this time, you know, it can happen to me. And um, the shitty stories are like, oh, if they're feeling shit or being ghosted or whatever, is not just me. And that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's like connection and community and knowing that you're not alone in this, basically. But one of my stories up here. Um, so this is from the 11th of May. It's called, I broke up with my boyfriend in lockdown. I broke up with my boyfriend in lockdown. It was a long time coming and we'd been on a break in the weeks prior. I'd been running from him subconsciously for years and looking for big and dramatic reasons to end things. Reasons like new opportunities in other countries, rent being too high in the city I was living in. Reasons that weren't simply, I'm not interested anymore and I don't know if I ever was to the extent you're meant to be. I knew he couldn't handle that and he'd take it personally. He tried to pinpoint it to a single thing he did or a flaw he thought he had. So lockdown and my subsequent change of city to my home city came in the middle of a break and I called it. I ended it. I'm ridiculously happy with this decision. I always was happier single and I feel like myself again. He wasn't a controlling guy. It's just, I guess I'm not in a place yet where I can feel myself whilst being in a relationship. I need total commitment to myself for that, apparently. I love that. It's just one of those happy breakups, isn't it? And it's like one of those things where lockdown was the kind of final um, sort of, not the catalyst, but I guess just made people do that jump of something they've wanted to do you know not all breakups have to be sad or bad for both parties I'm going to read another one from the beginning and then maybe I'll jump a bit 12th of May normal people I've been watching normal people with my ex-boyfriend we live in different countries so all the watching is individual followed by emails that may arrive in the recipient's inbox at 3am their time it's the perfect show to watch alone together the soundtrack would be ruined by anyone else's live commentary and aspects of the plot mimic our on-off relationship before I moved away and met someone better. We don't have an in-depth discussions. An email might be just a single sentence. I realise in writing this that I'm just so bored and lonely that this passes as entertainment. I used to be an interesting person and now I'm not. I don't care about the ex who treated me badly while we were together. I wouldn't mind if he never emailed me again. But for now, all I've got is normal people. I mean, that really hit. That's a beautiful piece of writing. That's so, so beautifully written. So understated and just hits you so powerfully that line, I used to be an interesting person, but now I'm not. I was like, whoa. I mean, that was, that was lockdown one when we didn't know when it was going to end. And I think that's sort of um, synonymous with that time. You know, we were really in it and, um, you know, people were reaching out and making connections, even if they knew they were bad, because we just wanted connection at that point in time. Um, but with this awareness, and it's that painful, you know, heartbreaking awareness, I guess, in that story, that I just find so raw. And so I just love the honesty in that piece. So my final question today is what happens when we're out of lockdown? What happens to the Lockdown Love Stories project? Does it come to an end? Oh, I I mean, you're asking a brilliant question. I, I don't know. Um, I had always said that the project will be open for submissions for as long as social distancing lasts. So who knows when that will be? I mean, at some point, I have to draw a line on when we're back to normal. Um, and then back to normal. Will we ever go back to normal? Are we normal? What is normal? It's been a while. I've forgotten. I know. Who knows? Um, but I just think um, this for me. This is just the sort of um, material gathering moment. I think these pieces, these stories, are so resonant. And I think the thing with this project and with storytelling in general is it just translates to so many other forms. So, you know, I can see this as a book. I can see it as a podcast. I can see it as theatre. I can see it as a TV miniseries like Modern Love. And I want to do it all. You know, I'm a writer and I'm an artist. And, and I think that 
um, you know, we have a I have this massive archive of stories here and um, I want to translate them into those other forms because um, these stories are really important and they deserve to be heard. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> we'll see. I think, I think all of those projects, I, I literally would be so engaged in each and every one. I want this book on my nightstand. I want to listen to the podcast in the car or when I'm out walking the dog. I want to see it on the screen. I want to see it at the theatre. I want I want these people's stories to be shared just as much as you do. And it's not even my project where I've become so passionate about it. So well, let's 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 close up then with uh we'll take it, take the show out with one really empowering story. Anyway, this is from November the 16th. It's called Delete. As soon as the first lockdown came, I knew what I had to do. I deleted you. I blocked you on every form of social media and contact platform. You've been my ex for seven years, and for some reason, even though you'd broken my heart so many times, I couldn't let you go completely. This time, I knew what I had to do. I couldn't face a lockdown waiting to see if you would message me at three in the morning. Lockdown was when I ripped the plaster of you off for good. No contact. And if I'm being completely honest, you didn't even cross my mind. It was like you didn't exist anymore. Lockdown two has now come, and the best thing I ever did was to say goodbye in lockdown one. Life's so much better with you completely gone. Just forced her to take a step. I like that a lot. And that, if you're not watching the phone and waiting, you took your control back. So yeah, I think what's really interesting is um, lockdown it appeared was a crisis moment in people's lives. And in a crisis, we tend to act and people got brave. And um, whether that was ending relationship that wasn't happy or taking the plunge to lock down with someone that they'd recently met, or um, telling someone that they'd always harbored feelings for, that they had feelings for them, or deleting an ex. Like people did what they needed to do. And I think that's great. It really is. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us today, Philippa. I mean, reading these stories just shows, you know, that there's, there's love, there's hope, there's heartache, there's loneliness. There's a whole like plethora of emotions going on out there and we're all feeling it and it resonates with all of us. And I guess reading these stories just shows that we are together apart and we're not alone. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great talking to you. As always, thanks for joining us, guys. I hope you've had a really nice Valentine's Day weekend, whatever you've been up to. And I really hope that you've enjoyed our Valentine's Day specials. If you guys want to see more on Philippa, then hop onto the Grown Up Hustle podcast on Instagram and you'll find Philippa tagged in all of the show's details. I will also pop the details for Philippa's personal website and the Lockdown Love Stories website so you can learn a little bit more about Philippa and her work. Whilst you're there, give us a follow to stay updated on up and coming shows and also to stay in the loop for any bonus episodes that we drop. And also don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to be first in line for next week's show. I hope you all have a great week, guys, and I will catch you all soon. 